In this episode of the podcast, I speak to my friend Jeanette Schneider. She was actually on the podcast a few years ago now. And so I would encourage you to go and listen to episode 95, where I spoke to her for the first time. And we talked about her upbringing, the book that she'd written at the time, the podcast that she had at the time, and all the other stuff that was going on with her, if you want the backstory, because we don't necessarily talk about all that stuff in this episode. The second thing to to note is she has recently launched a wellness app called Dear Live, D-E-A-R-L-I-V, which is short for her daughter's name, Olivia. It's available in the App Store now, Apple App Store, and you can check out the content that's on there. It's continuously changing as she develops the app and the idea further but it was too important not to release to the market straight away and she kindly asked me if I would be a contributor to it because there is a bunch of um, therapists coaches and thought leaders that are on that app sharing wisdom and insight and I'm actually one of the contributors that is providing weekly affirmations and weekly mantras for you to listen to. Um, they're about two or three minutes each. I've crafted everything myself. It's all unique content. So I haven't really shared that stuff anywhere else. So it's worth checking out. I don't get paid. I don't get any referral kind of thing. So I'm sharing this with you simply because it's a project that I'm working on with her because I believe in it and I believe in her. So go and check that out. If you have apps, access to the Apple App Store, I think it's going to be on other platforms, but to my knowledge, it's only on Apple right now. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Jeanette, thank you so much for taking the time to be here again after three and a half years. I know. It's so funny. I can't believe it's been that long, but as like we were talking before, it never feels like we miss a beat when we come back together in conversation. I feel like it's like a, a church revival. Like when we come back together and we have these really beautiful conversations and we like go away for a while. So I'm just thrilled that you invited me to come back. Absolutely. Um, but no, I, I agree. Like it just doesn't feel like with the right relationships, it feels nourishing. And, and and what I mean by that is it doesn't feel like you need to be nourished. It doesn't mean you have to be speaking every single day. Like the right relationships you kind of pick up from where you left off. And there's not this kind of, doubt that oh what if you know she is doesn't feel the same way anymore or like we've just lost interest or whatever it just doesn't I don't know the reoccurring theme I've seen is that that with the right friendships it just Mm -hmm. picks up and you have this kind of understanding that we both have lives we both have stuff to do and it doesn't mean we don't care about each other we're always thinking about one another um and then when we speak it's just from where we left off you know nothing changes every time so because it's been three and a half years, I don't really know where to, where to, where to begin because it's so much has happened in the world generally in your personal life. So it'd be good just to, I don't know, maybe just dive into kind of what's been coming up for you maybe recently, where you're at now, how you're feeling today. And then, yeah, we'll just kind of go from there. Um, I think what's been really interesting for me since the last time that we really talked was um, this past couple of years has really been an education and an evolution for me. I've had like death of ego and identity probably multiple times. Um, I left, you know, corporate America and created this wellness app and then COVID struck. 
And I just feel like every little thing um, that could possibly get in my way or create doubt or, or make me question myself um, and my decisions showed up in my life in the last several years. And over the course of the last few months, um, I have clarity that I've never had before. And what's funny is I feel like the product that I was creating, you know, this wellness app where we're supposed to be helping people with their mental health and wellness and finding kind of um, the themselves as dimensional beings and how we can support them. Um, it's almost like I needed to like, I feel like I was like disciplined, like a little kid, like a toddler who gets smacked on the hand. Like I, I, I laughingly called myself an entrepreneur when I first left corporate America. I am, I was not an entrepreneur. I am an entrepreneur now. Like I've taken my beatings and I've had to learn how to um, reimagine my dreams and take incredibly hard feedback. You know, whenever you're creating a project that's going to be accepted by the world, it's also having them tell you like, hey, this is terrible. Um, or, you know, I love this part and I hate this part. And so it has been a humbling and messy and beautiful journey. Um, tons of ups and downs, tons of health related stuff, like just trying to figure out who I am. And then also kind of like, you, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little, I'm 45 now. Right. And so it's also kind of like, getting older. What have I done with my life? And I know someone who's like 55 or 65 will listen to this and they'd be like, Oh my God, shut up. Um, where did you think you'd be by this, at this point, maybe like, let's say when you were 30 or when you were 20, where did you think you'd be? Cause I've been thinking about like, cause I just turned 30 this year. So I'm like, what, what, did, where did I think I was going to be at 20 when I looked at 30 and I, it was a completely different place. And I, I would have considered myself a failure according to the 20 year old mindset. But then again, I see life completely differently and um, mm -hmm. it feels like it's just beginning. So I know exactly what you mean. It's really weird. I feel like I've been given like the second half of my life with a lot of insight and clarity. And I look at what I was doing even five years ago and I'm like how I was so wrapped up into the, you know, production and uh, uh, accomplishment culture um, that I couldn't even see that I was doing things from a very programmed perspective, from an egotistical perspective, from a materialistic perspective. You know, it's like I was humbled in so many ways. But when you ask, like, where did you think you would be? What's interesting is I have flashes of what my life, my future life is going to look like, but I wasn't like, I will have this job and this much money and this da da da. What I did expect when I was younger is that I would have a beautiful and flourishing family. We would vacation all the time. We would have financial security, no matter what that meant. I'd always known that I wanted to leave corporate America and do something because I always enjoyed like writing and relating. And so I knew. I knew from the time I was probably 16 years old that I had a, a God-given purpose. Like I knew that my words were supposed to be left behind. I was supposed to do something to help, help this generation. I've always known that like in, in like one of those, like, this is, this is my superpower and I'm supposed to do something really healthy with it. Um, so where I was career-wise wasn't solid, but I did think, um, in family life, I had the picture that you saw on TV of what my family life would look like. And so, you know, now I'm co-parenting. My daughter is amazing. And I, you know, what I realize is none of us have the answers. And these ideas of these perfect ideals and these perfect lives do not exist. And even if you have the Hallmark movie family and the beautiful job and the two car cars and the, you know, 3.5 kids, whatever you have, 
those people are still every day waking up being like, what am I doing? Like, it's almost like we have to tap into an internal guidance system and just say, okay, what am I here for? What's important to me? And start navigating the world from that perspective as opposed to the accomplishment of, of money, security, fame, title, and what you see in the movies. What do you prioritize now then instead of that stuff? Um, my daughter a lot. I think when I was in corporate America, I was on a plane all the time and it really messed her up. And I didn't know that my ex-husband would, would tell me like, Hey, get your priorities straight. And I'm like, I've always traveled for work. You knew this, like, this was always a thing. And it wasn't until I left corporate America and I was taking her to school every single day that I had for the first time in about a year and a half, um, back to back trips that I had to go on for my new project. And so she was going to be staying with her dad for a week. Um, which would have typically been my week. And I said, isn't this funny? Like all those years I was on a plane, like every single week. And now it's like, it's been a year and I've got it, these trips, but you know, and she literally, her body stops. She was seven stopped on the sidewalk. We were holding hands and we're, as we're walking into school and she said, it can never go back to the way it was. And I was like, Oh, and she's like, you gave me stuffed animals from every, every airport. I got a new stuffed animal every week, but I wanted you. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like, oh, as a mom, you're yeah. like, man, that hurt. And so we talk about it. I even talked about it with her recently. Um, I take her to school. I pick her up on days that I'm, I have my companies in an incubator on days that I'm in the incubator. She does have a babysitter who picks her up, but she loves her babysitter. Um, and like, she had buy-in into that decision. Um, so her mental health wellness and just feeling like I'm her life concierge and making sure I'm being smart about it, not looking at her as this person I'm supposed to feed and clothe. Um, but also this person I'm supposed to grow has really shifted things. And I kind of look at my life now in, in almost like buckets. I have purpose work and that sometimes involves my career and sometimes it involves things I do within the community, but I have to put the purpose work first and see when opportunities come up, what aligns with that purpose work. Cause as long as I stay focused on what's important to me, what lights me up, I feel like I'll always be okay. Um, my relationship with my partner, making sure that when I'm spending time with him, I am present with him when I'm with my daughter, making sure I'm present with her. And, um, where I've struggled is finding time for joy for myself. Um, so that's the one space where I have to do a better job of kind of taking a step back and being like, okay, but what are you doing for you? Like I, every single morning have a morning practice. I'm very self-evolved and self-aware. I do exercise, but I'm not like actively going out and finding things that are playful and fun. So I've started trying to be like, okay, like I'm leaving for the Austin city limits music festival this afternoon. I love live music. And so I was like, I have to schedule my joy. And so like, I scheduled it like four months ago. I love that. Yeah. So that I could have, I'm like, what makes me joy? I love live music. Let me find out what festivals are, are coming. Um, and I've been to Austin city limits before, but, um, the other thing that was really interesting is that, um, I took my daughter to Dave and Buster's and I don't know if, do you have, do you know what that is? Dave and no, Buster's. No. Okay. So Dave and Buster's is like, it's like, it's like an arcade, like this huge arcade attached to a restaurant, attached to a sports bar. And so like parents come and watch sports and drink and get snacks and kids go in the arcade. It's a huge arcade and she loves going and I absolutely hate it. But she said, mommy, let's play. And it's the first time I'm like, how many more times are my, is my daughter going to ask me to play? She's 11. And so we went to this arcade and I was kind of like, man, I was like calling it in. I like, whatever you want. That's fine. Blah. And we got to this one thing where it was throwing balls at digital plates. 
And she's like, here, you try. And so she gives me a bomb. I start throwing it and it felt so good. And I'm just like breaking these plates and I'm doing such a good job. And she's like, yeah, mom, go. Look how many tickets we're getting. Oh my God, we're going to get like something cool. And then she's like, okay, let's do it again, but we'll take turns and we'll like compete against each other. But then when she was, she's so cool that she was like helping me and throwing a ball with me to get my ticket score up. Right. And I had a moment where I'm like, this is joy. I am playing with my daughter and we're like having so much fun. And I feel like I've forgotten that in the last, you know, couple of years. Yeah. That's probably a thing for, for a lot of us, to be honest. Um, did you get caught up in life and obviously the world situation changed, changed as well. It reminds me of one of the things that my friend Patrice Washington said, um, have you met Patrice? Do you know Patrice? I know the name, but I haven't met her. Okay. Um, she talks about scaling joy and she's got a door as well and um and she runs a business and speaker and also all that kind of stuff similar to you and but one of the things that she talked about being a priority for her this year um was scaling joy and like like you said scheduling joy and actually making space for that because it's just important to to fill your own cup like how could you, there's a, only a finite amount of energy you can continue to give to everyone else if you don't fill that up for yourself and what you need at different stages in your life will change as well like your definition of joy will change but mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not i'm not surprised that you know doing something childlike lit you up because that kind of reconnects you back to that inner child right to that to that fun and playful side and that's I why see. behind me actually i've got um you can't see it in the camera but i've got a box of comics and i took them out a few weeks ago because that's what i used to read when i was like 12 13 14 used to collect like i used to deliver the paper locally around mm -hmm. here and i used to get paid like 10 pound a week or whatever it was and just the spare change i would get i would then run down to the shop and like count the change and like oh i've got enough and then just buy it and that would that would be like the highlight of my whole week like buying the new issue that came out of the simpsons comics i've got like a whole stack behind me but um yeah it just reminds me to just come back to a place of creativity and fun and relaxation and and the fact that not everything needs to be to have a productive outcome mm -hmm. um because i've conditioned myself over time to believe that it's basically the behavior that i do needs to be linked to some kind of productive outcome and if i'm not doing that i'm not using my time wisely which is not true uh it doesn't have to be that serious all the time like and and taking off the the guardrails from time to time and just relaxing actually creates more productivity in the long term and is good for you because then it feels creativity and new perspective and new energy and new connections in your brain and all the all these other kind of things that we don't really gauge so i'm glad you're doing I, that i totally agree and i i think it's so one of the things that I realized I'm, I, I've been very tired and very burnout. And I kind of believe like, but that's the life of this, the entrepreneur, right? Like you're building something from scratch that doesn't exist. You're being pulled in a million different directions to make huge decisions. And so I'm, I'm con my brain is constantly worrying. And I, I woke up the other morning and, and it made me think of the fact that I wasn't creating joy in my life. Cause I was doing this whole, like, I have to accomplish, I have to accomplish. And Dr. Melanie Ross Mills, who's a friend of mine and an expert on friendships, um, she's based out of Dallas. She posted something about here are signs that you lack boundaries in your life. And it was like, do you feel exhausted and burnt out? Do you get resentful because you feel like people are always pulling on you? Do you do? You? And I was like, I'm like five of eight of those. And it made me also realize how, and I, and I think 
I wonder if it's not just because of, of generationally how we were raised, how corporate America kind of you know, programs you to accomplish. If we don't feel we have to give and do these things in order to be productive and to be liked and to be all of these things, but what we're doing is we're not setting healthy, appropriate boundaries. Even with people that we really respect and we really love, we have very leaky boundaries. And so we're spending all of this time spinning our wheels and we're not taking care of ourselves emotionally. We're not, um, it's, it's one of the things, I did a really good job towards the end of my career in corporate America. I was asked to be on a lot of boards for nonprofits. And I finally had, because a nonprofit, they do great work, but they also want a lot from you, right? And so it's a lot of time and energy. And I got to the point where I was like, if it's not aligned with me personally, it's a no. But like the ones that are, it doesn't mean that I need a board seat and I need to be recognized in the community as having a board seat. If you have a question for me and you need some strategic advice, schedule something on my calendar and we'll have a conversation around it. And I think like I started to establish these really strong boundaries in my life, but I didn't ever since I left corporate, I think I've been kind of on wobbly legs trying to figure out what my identity is here and what I do need to pay attention to and what I don't and what relationships make sense and what, which ones are, you know, a little bit more distracting. And so those became very blurred, like my boundaries in who needs to be involved in my project and at what point in time and, and all of those things. So I've made a lot of mistakes. It's almost like I'm a toddler again. Um, or I, I, I was, I would maybe say that I'm an adolescent. I'm going through puberty in my, <laughs> like my company, like life cycle where we have acne. <laughs> like our what's, what's some of the mistakes, what's some of the mistakes you've made? that um, you remember i i didn't like don't spend money on and time and energy and relationships on things that you don't fully understand i think i thought like with certain things like well i don't know that and they seem to know it really well so i'm just going to go ahead and pay them to do it and you realize like you actually kind of have to know how all this works because you can get you can get taken advantage of. And so like I've, I made some decisions around marketing and what I realized is that I hired the wrong marketing team and, and they didn't tell me, right. They were like, Oh, we're an agency. We can do everything. Well, they only really could focus on one thing. And I spent a lot of money and I beat myself up so bad because it could have been better spent. And I then said, okay, well, I'm going to spend the next two weeks learning everything I can about marketing, content, marketing, digital marketing, PR, everything, communications, all of it. And it's terrible. Like I, I was like, when I say it's terrible, it's just like, I went deep, right? Like I, I had meetings with multiple agencies or friends that I knew in the community. I read every book that I possibly could in this two week period. And then when we were done, I was like, I now know exactly who I need to hire and what their work ethic. Like it was, it was really interesting. Like you have to kind of sometimes stick yourself in the place, not because I wanted to do the marketing myself, but because I needed to make more informed decisions. Um, so that was, that was one big thing. The other thing is what I learned in, in launching an app is that it's a very iterative, iterative process. And I thought, oh, we'll create this app and we'll put it out there and it'll be great. Well, there's so many iterations and so many different things like Noom as an app is really successful right now, but it took them five years to get to that place. And their original offering and what they have today are completely different things. And so I had to kind of give myself a little bit grace that I'm a beginner and I'm learning we're now in year three. So I'm like over halfway there to be a great app. It's like, I, I feel really confident about what we're doing and like the people who are coming toward us. But I also had to realize that um, this is not for the, the week. I had an executive coach actually tell me one time, he was like, 
he goes, I don't mean to be like crass, but being an entrepreneur means that you are not only a self-starter every single day, but you have to have like the digest, like your digestive system has to be rock solid. Like you have to have like guts of steel. You have to like be able to say, I made a mistake. I screwed up. I did it. Everything starts and stops with you. So even if someone that you bring on um, doesn't do something that was, that's your fault. Right. And so it was kind of like a realization. Um, and you start to look at corporate America as like, man, W-2 income and some insurance would be amazing right now, you know? Yeah, yeah, because um, you have the contrast now, right? So you you look back at that time and you're like, shit, that was that was comfy for what it was. And I, and I look back at that now as well, kind of exiting earlier this year and leaving that behind. And I do feel like I was like, oh, at least there was some structure there and this and that. But then in the long term, I'm like, no, but it just it's just not me. Like I just... W- you know, certain characters, I believe, I'm not sure if it's for everyone, I can only speak for myself, but like my experience was you get to a certain level of growth, and I'm like, I just can't grow here anymore. So the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the growth is more important to me, I'm more hungry for that. And there's an insatiable growth there, versus the comfort of ah, that's fine, I'll just ignore those feelings I'm getting inside to want to go and do my own thing and to expand and to actually live my purpose and to continue to do the work that I'm doing. I can't switch that off. It just means that that's that was a vehicle that was needed um and that i recognized at the time as being beneficial for me learned what i could and then it was time to move on and and then this is a whole other rhythm right i was talking to parker about this it's like um the rhythm of being in that space versus it being in this space it's just a different cadence and you have to allow yourself to kind of slow down enough to figure out what is my rhythm what is my day-to-day look like because you can't take the mindset of corporate and then do your own thing like it just in my experience it just wouldn't work like you have to find your own rhythm because that's someone else's rhythm that's a whole system whole structure that was created to get everyone on the same page doing the same thing to churn out the same outcome or the most productive outcome for a common goal whatever it is um for for each company mainly profit but um i don't know i just feel like things are shifting that's not the way that things are going to keep keep moving and evolving because when you're walking the path of, of your soul or your purpose that's it's a it's a different game like you you have to walk by um kind of tap your feet according to the to the rhythm that's playing inside and you've got to listen to it take and that's why the self-care and all that kind of stuff is important to quiet down and listen to okay what's the most important thing next and that is all you that's that is all you it's your path you've got to decide is it left right or straight today what am i doing yeah um because there's not anyone there to I'm tell just you. Like, no, I've had days where I start to work and then I'm like, I am a mess. I need to go. I live near this really beautiful canyon. And so like, I'll drive down there and just walk down one of the paths, not even the whole way, just to put my feet in, yeah. in earth and be around something beautiful, just to take a breath and be like, I got to reset. There was one day where I thought I was going to go absolutely crazy. I had so many decisions and my anxiety at times. And I think that's one of the other things is that I'm creating an app for people to help them find the quiet within to help them understand more about themselves to kind of help with mental health and well-being. I suffer from severe anxiety. So I'm making it just as much for myself as for the next person. Right. And my anxiety keeps me up at night. Um, quite a bit. I, I, I lose a lot of sleep. Um, and I, it's, it's my natural state of being. This has been since I was a kid that I've struggled with this. And so having those practices is so incredibly helpful, but there are days when like I wake up at two o'clock in the morning and I can't sleep anymore because I have so many things and I'll wake up and I will work until nine in the morning. 
And then I will be like, okay, I'm going to do my, like a practice. I'm going to go for a walk. Maybe I'll end up taking a nap. Um, and kind of just allowing, I've learned to allow for those things rather than being on this like rigid schedule. I've learned to kind of say, okay, what is, where am I right now? What will make my anxiety feel better? We have three decisions that you need to make. Let me go make those three decisions. When I make those three decisions or I move this forward, then I will be better able to reconnect um, and get quiet. But there was one day where the anxiety was so bad. I had lost sleep. I was, I was working and I'd been working for probably 12 hours. And I finally was like, screw, we're going shopping. And I'm like, Liv, come on. And like Olivia, my daughter, she like, we just went shopping. And we like, I feel we went down to this like little mall near us. It's like an indoor outdoor thing and there's shops and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, let's see a movie. Let's do this. And she's like, how are we having such a fun day in the middle of the week? And I was like, I know, right? Um, but it was kind of one of those things where it's like, you give yourself, you kind of give yourself, um, am I working hard enough? Am I doing enough? And then one of the practices that's been really valuable for me is actually taking a moment and getting very, very present. You can do that by, you know, utilizing your senses and kind of moving out of your, you know, uh, the, the, calm down the cortisol, move into your executive fun functioning, ask yourself questions like, am I dying right now? Is this going to be the end of my, no, none of these terrible, terrible things that we have ruminating in our minds are actually real. You let me move into gratitude and like get really, really clear. And, and then realizing how far I've come because we don't do that. We don't take a minute to say like, I had this project. I had this idea. I had this thing. What we're doing is we're not at the place yet where we feel like we've succeeded. We're not at the place yet where our, our, our nervous system is like, Ooh, we can rest. We're no longer in trouble. Right. And sometimes if you take a minute and you actually say, okay, where was I a year ago from now? Where was I three years? Where was I five years? What I love about myself is not only did I build something that's really cool and further along than a lot of startups in this space, um, I created really great relationships and I have really great teammates who are also very passionate about it. But I also like who I've become as an individual, like the personal growth I think has been so valuable. I can see how ego-driven I was in the past. And now I'm kind of like, there's, there's a completely different temperance um, to the way I look at life. And I'm like, I like me better. And that's huge too, right? That's been a big one for me this year as well, just to slow down and appreciate how far I've come and to celebrate that and let myself be proud of yeah. how far I've come. Because there's this, there's this thing that we do as humans is I'll be happy when. And mm -hmm. And you just continue that dialogue and and what comes with that is it's not enough yet basically is what we're saying to ourselves and we're not enough yet and so i've had to just unravel that and understand like what what is it i'm actually chasing why am i not allowing myself to just appreciate everything i've just done um mm -hmm. to get to this very point um because that's a, that that's enough to celebrate in and of itself to celebrate the book that I've done, the podcast, the relationships, the person I've become, the open heart that I've cultivated over time, the, the way that I speak and present myself, the way that I've been able to deepen my relationships with existing people in my life and then new people in my life as well. Um, bold and courageous decisions I've made. You know, I, sometimes I just make lists of courageous things that I've done and that would be courageous to me in my definition of um, courage and where I followed my intuition, where I've shown the most gratitude, like just things that 
I allow myself to feel proud of and just to acknowledge and keep that at the forefront of my mind instead of allowing myself to think about what's missing what haven't I got yet when is this going to happen when is that going to happen why haven't I done this yet how many more things have I got to do because that actually is never going to go away there's always going to be more and more to do especially as a creator who's ambitious who's hungry who wants to expand who wants to serve that you're always going to you're never going to be satisfied there's till the day you die you're going to want to create you're going to want to do stuff you're going to want to improve and grow and expand so that list is never going to get smaller so it's just about appreciating how far you've come and who you're becoming I love I love what you just said about like it's I was thinking the same thing like it's never done I think we have this idea in our head that we're going to accomplish this thing there's going to be a payout and whatever that payout is, is going to be the thing where we're like, we did it. We arrived. I can retire. I can like, we have this kind of expectation that there's a, that doesn't exist. You know, I've, and I, I think you and I've talked about this in the past and the absolute honor of being with some elderly individuals right before they passed and hearing their insights and even things that they thought weeks before when they're on their way into their new destination, they don't believe that anymore. And it was so profound because one of them was a businessman who was so frustrated with his son. And at the end of the day, he's just like, he looked at me and goes, I'm going to give you some advice. Don't spend your time chasing things. I missed my kids this. I missed my kids that. I missed, you know, I missed so much to the point to where now the only thing my child and I have to talk about is our business and how much he wants of it. We're not talking about time we spent or vacations we went on. Like none of that stuff matters. Um, and some even about religious beliefs, like the beliefs of their entire lives and how they raised their kids and grandkids was like, honey, just find your way. (laughs) Like it was just fascinating how, like when you get to a certain kind of perspective, um, that apparently only comes right before you're leaving this earth. And so that's that, uh, gone. Well, I'm just wondering if we can get to that. Yeah, so it's funny you say that because I read a quote today because I'm writing an article dedicated to Parker as well as doing that podcast. And one of the quotes that I read, read, um, it was just kind of listening back to an audiobook, and there were some bits that I clipped um, previously. And I was like, oh, I, I, for some reason, I feel drawn to going back to look at the clips that I selected. And what he mentions a quote, and he said, um, he who dies before he dies never really dies when he dies which sounds like a tongue twister no no no, i get it you get it yeah because it's a lot of a lot of dying in one sentence but basically allowing yourself to basically die and be reborn in every every day and kind of this whole idea of being detached from everything but yet fully immersed in everything so you're not you don't have this healthy Uh, sorry, unhealthy attachment to the outcome of things or to the destination of things or to um, a certain goal needing to be attained, but rather allowing yourself to just experience the journey as it's happening and being fully immersed in it regardless of what's happening. Because then really you're being present for all of it. And isn't that what the whole thing is about? Just being Mm -hmm. present for all of it. Um, because in the end you look back and like you said, with the conversations you had with the elderly and, and, um, just in my own reflections, when I look back, I'm like, what, what is it that I'm going to find most important that I want to, um, hold close to my heart at that time? What, what is it I'm going to feel most proud of? And it's going to be the stories and the memories that I have, not all the things that I ticked off, but rather like how 
wild and crazy and adventurous and loving and present was I through all of it with everyone. Um, so yeah, just practicing and it's a very kind of Zen or Buddhist way of looking at things, but it's just this idea of sitting with death and allowing that to be a part of your daily practice. Cause it really does bring into perspective, being able to live more fully. It's really interesting. So there's two things that come to mind. There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about, I, I'm not going to quote this correctly, but it, there's something along the lines of how much better is the person that never lives, but the, the person that dies is also relieved, right? Like there, and, and, and that's not an exact, but it was almost like we worry that so we spend so much time worrying and wondering and hoping and planning, but there's peace, right? Um, in those who kind of have, have let go. And I hate the convert, like, I hate the whole, like, let it go like that. I struggle with that. Um, and I think it's become like a marketing <laughs> thing where it's about accepting and being. Um, the other thing, I saw something the other day, this quote, and I shared it because it was like, be the ancestor, be the good ancestor. Don't carry on the family lineage as is. Be the one that they talk about that ended the thing. Um, and I loved that because I mean, that's like so much of the purpose of my entire platform is we want to help people be whole and healthy because you're raising other people. And those people, if we can end generational cycles, if we can have more awareness, we can become, we can self-regulate, we can learn how to live um, more intentionally and more in touch with ourselves as opposed to the things that are external you're ending generational cycles. Our kids are going to have a better shot. Um, I told my daughter the other day, I'm like, you're going to be an incredible mom. And she laughed. She goes, I know. And she totally gets the cycle, right? Because my mother, and you know this, my mother has suffered from mental illness and addiction her entire life. I hadn't seen her for 12 years. Olivia met her for the first time this summer. Um, we went to Georgia and spent some time with her. And you know, she's been sober and she's supported she has a group of people around her who are really um, helping her. I was like, you can never leave this place because mental health support doesn't exist anywhere else that I've seen. I think it's the only reason she's alive. And so Olivia has seen, and she even said, like, I love that the first time I met my grandmother was a really healing moment for you guys because my mom was apologizing to me. She's like, I taught you that God was angry and I'm sorry. God's a loving God. I taught, I embarrass you. I would, I did this, I did that. And there were all these things I'm sobbing in this small little town in like Hill country, Georgia at like a lone star steakhouse. And people are all staring because they all know each other. And they're like, who's this chick crying? And, you know, and I'm just like, ah! and, but it was a beautiful, magical moment because it was not only the ending of a generational cycle, but the awareness, right? Like there was like this beautiful awareness and my daughter gets to see that. And my daughter is being taught differently and given these incredible tools. And I'm like, you're going to do incredible things. Like you're a completely new lineage. And what's also interesting is I had a friend tell me at one point in time, she goes, I really respect your mom because she's a cycle breaker. And I was like, I wasn't ready to hear that yet. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, she's the first woman I've ever known in like the eighties and nineties when we were young, who actually said, I have mental health issues. She, your mother actually would tell people. Like she admitted it and that she was struggling. No one would talk about it. They labeled her crazy. They said that she didn't have God in her life. She needed to pray more, whatever. But she, she's like, she was a cycle breaker because she actually said the words. And so maybe 
maybe I can credit that for my purpose. Like, okay, she actually can say it. I can do something to help it. My daughter is going to lead a completely different existence. So it was very powerful. I posted something today, or was it yesterday? Uh, yesterday, I think. Yeah, yesterday. Um, the three things that we find what we're most afraid to say. And the three things that I were kind of sitting with was, um, I love you. I'm scared. And I need help. Mm-hmm. And I need mm-hmm. I need help is the is, is the most difficult one. And because, yeah. you know, you automatically think that means I'm weak. There's something wrong with me. I'm broken. Um, I'm not enough. I don't have everything that I I thought I needed to get to this point. Like, and I don't want people to think otherwise of me either. But it's actually the opposite. It's 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 just this. At least in my experience, it's been this uh, amazing kind of door that's opened to new possibilities. Because I've said, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm ready to receive help to grow. I can't do this on my own. We're here together for a reason. We live in a society, a community of people, each of which have come here to do their own um their own to walk their own path and to help each other in our own ways and you can't do everything by yourself you know if you reach out and ask for help more than likely someone else will reach back out and and um you know help you along the way and kind of guide you and that's what i've kind of credited my my journey to these last few years especially 2019 onwards that was like after we'd spoken because um when we first recorded the episode, I released it around January, February, 2019. And it was that mm-hmm. year, basically the rest of that year, that was really opening the door to the next version of myself and the next chapter that was kind of a, a layer beneath the personal development and the hustle and grind and all that kind of stuff. It was really a time of just slowing down and reconnecting to my story, my identity and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it was the it was the willingness and the openness to accept help uh, from mentors, from coaches, from other people who'd walked the path before me and um my friend Ty who did a dedication um tribute to Parker on his own podcast he shared a beautiful story of um a person who was stuck in a a deep dark hole and there's no light and you know the, the person's friend walks by and he's shouting and screaming he gets the friend's attention and the friend drops a a ladder but the ladder doesn't quite reach him pulls the ladder back up and he walks off and then the guy keeps shouting and screaming someone else sees him throws down a rope and the rope doesn't quite reach and then he's jumping around he's shouting a few more people walk by and then someone else stops and that person jumps in with him and that and he looks at that person he's like what are you doing now we're both stuck here and we can't see what's what Mm -hmm. was the point of doing that and the guy turns to him and says no i've actually been in this hole before i can show you the way out and he holds his Mm -hmm. hand and he takes him and that's what Parker was. And that's what a mentor and a coach and a person who's walked the path before you can do for you and can show you that you're not crazy. Yeah. As long as you're willing to ask for help, I can show you because the path okay. that you've walked is similar to what I've walked or the emotions or the experiences, you know? So, yeah. It's really powerful. I think, I think that's one of the things that surprised me the most is because also in the culture where I worked it was very like dog eat dog it's very competitive that's what corporate is though isn't it it's like it's trying to get ahead and you know you've got to get everyone to perform. Beat, your, beat your target yeah and to smash targets and to make sure that you get paid bonus and make yeah. sure your job is secure and all that kind of stuff and then all the politics that come with it 
one of the things that's been fascinating is like, I'm surprised at how many people want to help me for nothing. Like I've had so many advisors, people who are, you know, they're CIOs or CFOs or whatever. And I'm like, can you help answer this? Like, I'm happy to pay you like a consulting fee. And they're like, Jeanette, we just want you to be successful. Like we can tell that this is passion, like a passion for you. And like, when it's time, if you want me to officially be on your board, when you raise money, I'm here for you. And I'm, I'm amazed at the amount of time and energy that they offer. But then even in my personal life, I've been very conscientious about the friends that I keep very purposefully. And I don't want anyone in my life who's going to like you know, that whole, the, the five people closest to you are kind of the model mm. of, of where you're going. And I've been very um, conscientious about that because I've seen how surrounding yourself with the wrong people can lead you down into different thought patterns or create issues, even within your relationships, when they pit you against one another or suggest things that aren't true based on their own life. And to, to find a community of people that you can easily say, I'm struggling and someone raises their hand. And I've actually become a lot more vulnerable recently. Um, there's a, a woman in our community who invited me into um, like, a, a, like a Bible study group. And that's, that was not a big part of my life. It's something that I had kind of left. Um, like I, I'm a person of deep faith, but I hadn't really been digging into it for a long time. It's been a long journey. And this group of women, I am now like almost addicted to seeing them every week because you, you don't go and complain about the things in your life, but you might be like, Hey, could you guys like just something I'm dealing with and the outreach and the understanding and the support dealing with certain like little personal issues or concerns about parenting or a relationship issue. And it's not, it's not, um, judgmental or from a place of like, you need to do this. It's more like, Hey, I'm going to hold your hand because I've gone through a rough divorce. I'm going to help you with this because I understand what it's like to have, and, and they're all a little bit older than me, which is also nice too, because their kids are out of the house. And so they can give me really great advice when it comes to raising teenagers or preteens, but that community aspect. And like, I've heard you talk about Parker. I saw your post about him and I know that you've done a podcast to find people in your life that you can connect to at that level is such a gift. And it's so incredibly beautiful. Um, when you find people pure of heart and pure of soul who want to do something really positive, um, I'd encourage, I'm sure your listeners are already on that path, but if you don't have those people in your life, seek them out and better if they're smarter than you, wiser than you don't feel insecure about that. Know that that's, that's the way to, to lift yourself into that, into that space as well. Yeah. One of the things that's come up for me in this past week is that friendship is one of the most sacred gifts that we have on this planet. Mm -hmm. Like to me, that's been um, something that's been really close to my heart, especially yeah. with his passing. But outside of that, it got me to reflect on everyone else that I'm connected to. Mm -hmm. And I've been intentional about that as well. These last few years in terms of the people that I connect myself with, because I look around now, I'm like, who, who am I speaking to daily, weekly, monthly? And who are my catch-ups with? And what, what does my calendar look like? What types of people? I'm, and it's everyone I'm speaking to is like, I have intentionally brought every single one of these people into my life. And it's amazing because it's not like I've been globetrotting around the world 24 seven, trying to meet new people. Like it's been friends of friends and, and just the power of technology and the social media platforms and all that kind of stuff, which can be 
really useful and i've seen the positive side of it because it's connected to me to so many great people but it can also obviously be a distraction if you don't have boundaries but um good people know good people so mm. as soon as you as soon as you connect to a few they introduce you to more and the other thing i've realized is you got to ask um not just mm. for help but like for whatever it is like oh you know you like for example an example would be like um i was on a call with um, a group of people and um, we all had like kind of slots to speak and parker was hosting this call in back in 2020 and um and my and the person who's my friend now ty back then wasn't but he was speaking and i was like oh like this guy's energy like something about it like i want to i want to meet this guy but i didn't know anything else about him i didn't have contact details whatever because parker had curated the panel so I reached out to Parker after I was like, can you introduce me to Ty? Like, I really feel like I want to speak to him. Like there's something about that. And we become like really good friends. And he was the one that informed me when Parker passed away. And we've been really close over the last few years. Um, and then he did a podcast with someone because um, he does it jointly with this guy called John. I heard the podcast and I was like, can you introduce me to John? Like this guy's amazing. <laughs> And then, then before you know it, your network just expands, but you've got to ask for what you want. And more than likely, people will say, yeah, cool, I'll help you. Um, and then you just start bringing all this goodness into your life. And then, you know, as you do that, there's more people that now have you in their mind when they're going about their daily lives. And so opportunities or connections or whatever it is, you're at the back of that person's mind. And if you've made an effort to build some kind of relationship and opened your heart to that person more than likely they will keep you in mind or keep you in their heart when the time is right and then more opportunities more people more experiences your world just opens up but you've got to ask and it's taken me a long time to have the confidence to ask without feeling like oh what they're going to think what if they say no is that too much am i being rude and it's and it's exactly and it's not even just with connections but it's even with like when i was in corporate one of the last things i did was the, the one of the directors said to me like me and her get on really really well and we still speak to this day and she um said like you know I was just in the process of increasing your salary along with one other person um is there any chance you can stay maybe like an extra month or two and like you know then I can pay you the the extra amount as well and there's a few other bits that we can talk about and I was like I'd love to but I've already booked my flight to Austin so I'm leaving in literally two weeks um, or three weeks from that point and um and before the call wrapped up I was like this is going to be cheeky of me to ask but the last few weeks that I've got left with you the new pay that you talked about can you implement that for the last three weeks and she was like leave it with me and I'll sort it out and I got an email like the next day saying I've, I've told finance that they've done it so I was like well you just just ask for what you want and more than likely people will yeah. give it to you it's so funny I've been doing the same thing like I've been unapologetically asking for things when it, especially when it comes to my daughter. And so like, I used to feel like I needed to like show up, make sure like almost like not look like a mom, right? Like go to every event, do every, like all of these things. And I, I'll get invited to things. And I'm like, can I bring Olivia? Um, I, with the incubator, we have office space in this one area of town, but it's, I can't pick her up. And so I recently sat down with them and I said, I would love to have office space in this other location that's closer to where her school is. And they're like, well, it's a little bit harder to get in there. It's a little bit more expensive. And I was like, well, let me tell you why. Like, I really appreciate the resources that you've given me here and I will continue to use them. But for me to go pick her up from school, there's, it's like an hour. 
it's, it's complicated. I come back and I'm only going to be there for 45 minutes. Whereas if I'm over here, I can run down, pick her up, bring her. She can do homework in this space with me. And what's more important to me, and this has always been the case, because I used to bring her to work with me when she was little. Um, she needs to see that. She needs to see that her mom is asking for the things that are important to her and be able to like co-work with her mom, you know? And, and I think that that's just such a powerful thing, but you, you were right. When you actually just start asking for the thing you want, the worst thing that someone's going to say is no. What I found though, is even if they say no, sometimes, especially if they respect you or you're building a relationship and you're, and they're getting to know you and they, they start to trust you, um, they might come back around with a yes, or even better a year or two later. Do you know what I mean? Like there's always, I've always said that. And, and some people are like, never tell people what you're working on because they could steal it and you're cursing it and you're whatever. And I was like, or they have a contact for you or they have a suggestion or like, there's all these other things that could be happening. If you speak into existence, what it is that you're working on or what you're doing or what you need, People want to help you, which has been the biggest shock since I left corporate. Everyone wants, like, they're like, what can I do? What do you need? Let me know. Oh, you need to know so-and-so? I had lunch the other day with a guy. And as soon as we sat down, I said, I have an ask, and I'm going to tell you what it is first, and then we'll get that out of the way. And then I want to talk about, like, your kids and how's, how's life and stuff. And he just started laughing. And I was like, I don't want to be, like, setting you up for I this, so I just yeah, want to get yeah, it yeah. out of the way. And he was like, I respect that. And so... You know, it was an immediate, yes, I think because of the approach and the time that I've spent, you know, with, with the relationship, but, um, I do the same thing. Like people ask me all the time for things and I want to see them win. We're so human and so connected. I love the expression. Like we're all just walking each other home. Like if you can get out of your own way, we can like, you know, grab arms linked together and like bully our way through, not bully, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think it's yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fundamental perspective on life, though, right? It's like, do you see it as do you see the world as destructive or creative, and mm -hmm. do you see it as something that's contracted or collaborative and expansive and joyful? And I just decide to choose the words that feel right to me. Like you know, you create the reality that you want. I just choose to believe that. I choose to believe that I'm creating a world that I want to live in. Uh, like mm -hmm. I get all this other stuff is going on and people have their own perspectives and there's terrible things happening, but I choose not to focus on that. I choose to focus on what's good, what feels good to me. And then if I can fill up my cup with that and expand my world, then I have more resources, more energy, more time, more effort to give to the rest of the world to make it a better place in my own way. Like I can't do that from a place feeling like anxiety and fearful and like a victim and, there's not enough and what if this and what if that i like if last week's death has shown me anything you can die at any point and yeah. so it's not like when i get to 90 or when i get to 80 that would be a privilege yes but it could well be that by 35 i'm gone okay so then how have i spent my time i don't want to spend it thinking what if and spending it in fear i want to wear my heart on my sleeve and ask people and connect and be open and be authentic and just dive straight in i'm not trying to play a long yeah. game it's just there's no game. It's just, I'm just living. Yeah. So um, one thing that I, I've started to say this year, especially after leaving, um, and I think it was a, a, a phrase that um, I heard from one of the Abraham videos. And she said on stage, she was like, um, everything's always working out for me. And I was like, I love that perspective. And I just started saying it and it just worked effortlessly. Like, I was, yeah, 
<laughs> I was I was in the plane. So Austin, there was a 10 hour flight direct from Heathrow to Austin. And I was feeling amazing because I was like, I'm on my way to see friends and like this whole new journey ahead of me. And I was like, everything's always working out for me, blah, blah, blah. Got to the airport and um, I weighed my suitcase and I was like, fuck, I'm like four kg over the or three kg over the over the limit so i was like shit hopefully i can do it and they're not going to charge me blah 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 so everything's always working out for me so went to the thing said good morning to the lady it was like being myself she put the i put the suitcase on the thing she weighed it printed the ticket went she was like enjoy your flight i was like cool that, that was easy. <laughs> literally five minutes it was done in less than five minutes yeah and then i got into the plane i was like shit what's my seat going to be because i i i don't think i could for that flight i couldn't um pick my seat so it was just like pre-allocated so I was like oh what's it gonna be like who's gonna sit next to me who's behind me it's gonna be like noisy blah 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 and I just kept repeating the the phrase in my head I got there sat down and there was like I was in the middle aisle and there was uh an aisle on the left and the right and there was three in each aisle um and so there was a guy next to me and then a woman at the end and just as we were kind of shuffling and putting our seatbelt on and getting ready the woman realizes that on the far right there's two empty seats so she was like i'm just going to move down one and then the guy moved down one and i was like we've got a spare seat in the middle so much leg room this is amazing and um yeah like it i was just i kept repeating it and the flight got there on time and everything kind of worked out smoothly and so it just reminds me of um my friends it also reminds me of my friend um didi who is now in london she moved from lisbon to london recently and she launched her book 100 days to a more away you she had a book launch um, a couple of weeks back and I went to it. And one of the things she was talking about is, um, it's exactly what we're talking about. And she said, I just choose to see life differently. So she was like, she came from the corporate world as well. Um, and uh, she was in data and finance and all that kind of stuff. And she kind of took herself out of it. And then she kind of almost has been on a journey of reprogramming her perspective on life. So now things like, for example, no pain, no gain or hustle and grind. She's changed it to no joy, no gain. Like mm-hmm. I, I, joy comes first and I'm not going to hustle. I'm going to align my energy to my highest self, to my purpose, to what feels right. And then from there, whatever action I take, it's not a chore because it just feels like an effortless, um, an effortless move attraction towards excitement, towards joy, towards expansion. It doesn't feel like something I have to do to tick it off a list. So I just, yeah, just choosing to see life differently. Like that's true freedom, right? You can choose your perspective. Yeah, no, I love that. I remember reading Wayne Dyer's Choose Your Thoughts, Choose Your, Change Your Life. Change Your Life, Choose Your, I can't remember. Uh, choose Your, the other way. Um, and I was reading it as I was buying a car and it was hilarious because I'm like, I'm going to put this into practice while I'm here. And I'm at the dealership and the guy keeps leaving to go and I'm reading the book. And I just said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stress. I had in my mind what I wanted to pay. I had in my mind what I wanted the interest rate to be, all of these things. And so I'm just kind of reading the book and he kept coming back. Every time he came back, whatever number he gave me was either the number I thought or a little below. And I was like, oh my God, if, if you kind of like are, are synced up and aligned, right? Things work in your favor. And then it was hilarious because at the end, I was like, I just assumed I'd, I'd worked with a different dealership in the past that he was going to give me a keychain that, you know, like a valet keychain. And I was like, oh, like, can I get a keychain? He's like, oh, they're at the, you can buy one. And I'm like, 
I have to buy a keychain. And he was like, hold on. He went and he got me like the two most expensive keychains. He's like, here, one for in that, you know, to leave in the house. And, one for the-. and I was like, this has been the best experience. And I had another experience like that when I was buying a house, the price kept going down. Like I was willing to pr- pay this price. And I told my agent to make an offer. And when she checked the MLS, she found out that the house had fallen out and they had dropped the price, but that the sales agent was trying to give me the original, like the, the price they originally wanted, but they had just dropped. And so she caught them changing the price on the listing system and moving it back up. And they were like, so they could, rec- and they're like, look, this is what happened. And I was like, how did I just get a house for like 20,000 less than what I offered? Like, you know, it was just kind of like one of those things when you're like, this is working out for me. There is a purpose here. And a lot of times I think it's because not only are open to it, I've had people tell me like, oh, you know, you're spiritual, you're Christian, you're this, you're that. I'm like, don't put me in a bubble. If I believe in something that makes me feel better, if I believe in something that adds to my life and makes me a better person, how is there any harm in that? Like, and usually the people that are like the, the comparison is, is about success and measure and what kind of car you drive and where you live in town and what kind of house you have. And, um, if you get invited to certain events and things like that. And I was, I was like, I don't, I no longer want this to be the measuring stick. You know, I no longer want those to be the things I want it to be that decision that you're going to look at life differently. And you look at your relationships differently. And I do have to say too, like I, my, my partner, he, um, he and I were talking about this recently, like how we even realized once we started being a little bit even more mindful about who we keep in our company, he can feel the difference now. And he's like, I am happier. I'm this, I'm that, like, I'm more clear. I'm not getting caught up in drama. And he's making very specific choices about who he wants to allow back into our life as a couple, because he's like, I see how, when you make a decision to live in this kind of fruitful he doesn't use the word fruitful at all. That's my word. Um, <laughs> you'd be like, I don't say that, but it kind of like living from this new perspective, how so much is given, you know? Um, and I think also the one thing you have to take into consideration too, is that it does require a lot of surrender, which is a very difficult thing for people to wrap their heads around, um, kind of understanding that sometimes things happen and we don't like them, but that they possibly, they can't necessarily be changed there's a level of acceptance and surrender that there is a path, a story, a something I'm supposed to learn, something I'm supposed to, someone I'm supposed to meet. Like we have no idea what the divine, you know, um, plan is and just kind of, kind of accept sometimes that things don't go the way that we wanted them to, but there's a better design in the end. Yeah. Have you, have you read the surrender experiment? I have two copies of it. One's on my table and one's in my room. I, I love, love that. that book. Yeah. I wish I yeah. could get I wish I could be, I don't know that I want to be more like him. Cause I feel like I would be like almost high all the time. Like when he talks about his meditative state and how he's almost able to like kind of separate himself. But I was practicing where he was trying to observe the me, the person, right? Like he was almost trying to tap into the soul to observe, observe the personality. And I was like, Ooh, that's powerful. Yeah. It's almost like this practice of being the witness of Mm -hmm. what's happening and you just you're basically inside the body you're like oh this is a fun character to play like i'm in i'm in this body this time because then you're Mm -hmm. coming from a place of nothingness almost if that makes any sense like you're not attaching yourself to Jeanette or vipple the person but it's like oh i i i've i I was given this 
character this time around oh cool this is interesting what's he gonna do next oh he's thinking these thoughts and then in a lot of the i've got one of the texts behind me again um one of the saints uh in india talks about uh, well his name is romana mahashi he's got a book called be as you are and um he talks about the first stage kind of being the witness and then after that <laughs> gets a bit deep but the but really there is no separation um because when you're the witness you're still separate like you're still something that's witnessing mm -hmm. something else so there's two things going on but then you go to a place where you're just like it's it's just one mm -hmm. thing it, there, there is no separation you're basically you're the witness and you're the character all at the same time and you're absorbed into this place of being everything and being fully immersed in that and yet being fully detached from that because you know that none of that is actually you it's all labels and it's all um for a short period of time whilst you're alive but you're not you're not that if that makes sense like it's, it's very it's very like ineffable you're kind of talking to some extent about like the I am or the Christ consciousness, right? Like kind of like, yeah, the, basically that's, so you yeah. identify at that level and then it brings everything together. Yeah. Um, there is no separation. Yeah. I, I, I feel like we're fascinating beings. I really am fascinated by our, our brains. And that's one of the things that we are looking at a lot with dear live in the platform is the, the neuroscience behind um, our behavior and, and replacing thoughts so that we can rewire, you know, um, neurotransmitters, we can kind of reprogram them. But what fascinates me even more is that there's so much we don't know about our brains. And we don't know that the capacity and capability we have as humans, and we continue to learn more about ourselves. And I just I think when you can you can look at the world from that perspective, there's so much available to us. And there's so much expansion. And I, I am excited for the future of humanity from that perspective, right? I try very, very hard not to get caught up in like the news feeds and the, and the low vibrational, you know, I need to know what's happening because I live, I live in this world, but also from the perspective of like, I don't want to be fearful. I would like to, I would like to be the person who's creating incredible, an incredible person. I, I'm curating a life for this little person who's going to be our next generation. I am creating and curating content to help people understand themselves better because so that they can be better for themselves, for their relationships, for their children. I can't, I can't spend my time worrying about the rest because that brings me, it brings me into such a low place. And I'm like, the brilliance is when you're, you're positive and moving forward and, and, and being in that purpose work. I feel bad for people who've gotten so caught up in not bad, like pity, but I feel like sometimes the distraction of the media and the wars and the, all of the problems of the world, they bring you to such a state that it's hard to have that connection back or alignment back to passion and purpose. Mm, yeah. But that's where you got to have a, a boundary. Like it's just, a, it's just a balance between, like you said, I, I'm of this world. Like I'm in my five body, five sense body. Um, I'm in this 3D world where things like that can happen. There's destruction. There's loads of really bad things. But at the same time, I'm not. I, I'm not going to be a victim to that. I also know that I'm a creator. That I can be intentional about my life, and that I can't actually help this world from a place of low vibration. It's 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 just impossible. Like I need to be able to help myself to then help someone else. Um, you know the whole idea of putting your own oxygen mask on first. Um, 
how did you come up with the name for the app? Oh, um, so it's Dear Liv, it's kind of like a letter to my daughter, right? So um, the way I look at it is it's kind of a promise to my daughter and her friends. Like we're going to end the stigma around mental health and wellness in this generation. So it's kind of like, I wanted to come up with something that would be kind of catchy and interesting, you know, like Dear Abby, but not. Um, you know, like I, I kept, I kept seeing like stuff like, oh, pop sugar. And there's all these, I wanted, I don't want to sound like a, a therapy app. Um, and there's such, there's such beauty. Like my purpose is in the name, you know, like I really, I want to create a better place for my daughter and her friends. And so, yeah, she's so, she's so funny at first. She didn't like, she's like, I don't know that I like that you're naming your company after me. And now she's like, my mom's cool. I was like, yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's going to take all the credit for as she grows up. She's like, oh yeah, my mom's company is called me. my name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, she's, my, then, she's definitely the inspiration. And then what, like, so are you able to share kind of what people can expect and like just a yeah. little bit about it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we are, we're doing a couple of little shifts to the user experience right now, just from some feedback that we received. But um, when you go in, the idea is that we're kind of getting to know you slowly over time. So the first screen is really kind of not only inspirational, there's certain things on there to kind of like help you with your, your week or with your mindset and some curated content, but there's some questions and some videos and some assessments that you take so that we understand what's important to you. We're not trying to be an off the shelf type of app. We're also creating and curating based on what people need at this moment. Like when we first created, it, I'm like, oh, we should do meditations and we should do this and we should do that. And then we actually had freeform text. And so people were entering in their goals. We saw so many issues with anxiety and um, body dysmorphia, self-image, body issues. I'm like, oh, wow. Like we really have to like think about self-talk and, and the way, you know, we're kind of showing up in the world. Um, so there's been a lot of iterations to get to a place where when someone comes in, we want to understand like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like what's, what's your core need? Is it joy? Is it freedom? Is it significant safety connection? Once we understand that we can actually provide content to support you. And those are based on the eight dimensions of wellness. So the substance abuse and mental health administration has actually adopted these eight dimensions as being this is who a whole and healthy individual looks like. They have an emotional life, a financial life, spiritual life, you know, environmental, occupational, intellectual, there's physical, there's all of these things that make up a whole and healthy individual. And so as we're asking you questions and understanding, we start augmenting and sending you content based on the things that we know that you need help with. Um, so I, I, I love it because it's kind of like, and, and this is, I think where our differentiator is, it's not just an app to go read content and meditate it's an app where there's actually a heartbeat behind it. Like we're actually like, tell us about yourself so that we can support you. Um, the idea of course, that will have um, the ability to send you a push notification and say, Hey, we can tell that you're dealing with burnout. We can tell that you're struggling with anxiety. Would you like to join a group? That's going to talk about it next week. Um, so a lot more interactive and I'm really proud of it. It's been a labor of love, but I'm really proud of where we are. I'm proud of you too. Thank you. <laughs> I know how much work you've put you've put into it, and I'm excited to to see it out in the world and in its new in its new form. Thank um, you. So you've you've so you're relaunching that, but then also mm -hmm. your podcast and um, mm -hmm. the other well the podcast for sure. But I wonder if you can share a little bit about the journey of that, and then anything else that you've found sure. that has kind of shifted over time that's needed repurposing or a rebirth. What's really interesting is when I did the podcast, I did it 
based on kind of like, I'd written a book. That's actually how you and I met. I wrote a book and I think 2000 came out in 2018. And it was based on the idea of like women kind of uncovering the messages that they didn't realize that they were holding within. So we like, were writing love letters to their younger selves. I created a podcast called gold at the time. And gold was like, what nuggets of gold or wisdom can you share? What things have you learned? So there's a lot of conversation about overcoming. And we were trying to figure out like, it's had a couple of names. Um, at one point in time, we moved it over to the love is viral show because we were, you know, kind of playing with the idea of how do we create a movement where people love themselves more? And then that, that goes viral. And what I realized is I really needed to hire a crack branding and marketing team to help us kind of narrow down the vision and really lock it in. Um, the reason that we shifted, not only there's two things, not only from gold to love is viral and then ended um, recording love is viral over a year ago was because I was finding that the conversations were not forward moving. The conversations were a lot about bad things that had happened in the past. And sometimes when we would talk to people about overcoming and things that they've learned, they hadn't fully healed yet. And so I would leave the podcast episodes and I was, I was drained and I was sad. It took a lot out of me. Um, some of them were very, very inspirational, but we would be talking about some really deep subjects. And I was like, okay, it helped me kind of realize too, with the book, like I was telling people like, figure out what your stories are internally, but I wasn't providing them a way forward. I wasn't like, okay, now what do we do? And that's the same with the podcast. It, there was no, now what do we do? We were spending so much time talking about the muck. And so I was like, I needed a second away from this. We need to kind of shut it down. We need to hire a legit team, which we did, um, and say, let's talk about who we actually want to become. We want to be forward thinking. We're like, yes, you've gone through something. You should honor that what do we do now? How do we help you going forward? Um, I feel like sometimes people, they have to get their stories out. And for me, what was really interesting is there was a day where I no longer wanted to tell my story, not in the way I had before, because people would invite me onto their podcast, but they want to dig into the trauma of my life. And I was like, but I don't know, know that, I, that I don't identify with that anymore. <clears throat> I want to talk about how you take that and you turn that into brilliance and how you move forward in the world. And so through all of that, we decided to rebrand everything to the Dear Live um, because it's more like, what are we doing now? And so we interview people on um, anywhere within the eight dimensions of wellness. I think of it as like the intersection of science and spirituality. Um, I live in that space. Um, I believe, you know, we, we need science, we need, you know, medicine, we need all of these things, but we also are emotional, spiritual beings. And so how do you, how do you kind of connect the two? What's the intersection look like? And so I handled a lot of our financial wellness content because that's my background. Super easy for me. So, and, and people, if you, if you are struggling financially, you're going to have anxiety. You're going to struggle in your emotional life. You'll probably struggle in your relationships and your connection. And so I, I kind of did it and listened to a lot of folks who were like, you need to pick one thing and stick to that. I'm like, but we are not one dimensional. We are these incredible, deeply flawed and gorgeous human beings and if I keep doing this one dimensional thing, I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel like I'm, I'm even honoring who I am because I'm a multi-passionate, multi-dimensional person. And so I'm kind of kicking against the grain because a lot of the feedback I've gotten is like, stop trying to be all things. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be all things. I'm trying to be who I am. And I want people to come into the app, into the podcast, being who they are. I live all aspects of these every day. If you're telling me to niche down, it's because you're trying to figure out how to market it correctly. 
So my marketing team, even though they did a really great job, they kind of got frustrated with me a few times because they couldn't like, and I was like, stop thinking of it as like, oh, we've got to pick a bucket. Just talk about wellness generally. And we'll go deeper into each of these subjects. Um, but we're talking about the things that moves a person forward. <laughs> I was Why just thinking we need we need we need an extinguisher because you're on fire you're on fire as you were talking there. <laughs> was I? Yeah. I just no, it's so good. I love about seeing, it. I, I, I love seeing so you lit up people. like that. Yeah. I have so many people who are like niche down, niche down, niche down, and I'm like, I am not a niche. Um. Uh, yeah. I've basically come to exact same conclusion because I stressed about that for so long. I was like, yeah, but where do I fit in? I'm like, I'm not meant to fit in. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said about how it's not about being in kind of one niche or 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 a specific bucket but just being you and you are multi-dimensional and you've got to honor that and that's the same with me I'm like I'm, I'm doing a podcast I'm doing a book I'm coaching and and there's probably going to be a million other things I do as well because that's how my spirit works mm-hmm. that's what I was born to create and I my only job and again this brings me back to a conversation I had with Parker recently and um, we talked about this whole question of you know when people ask you what do you do when you meet someone new and you know, I was sitting with the with this the the answer to that for me personally because I've just come from a the corporate background, going going through an identity shift. I'm like, okay, so what? Like, what's who am I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically, who am I again now? Like, what am I gonna yeah. say? And really, the conclusion I've come to is beyond even where I currently am. Everything that's led me to who I am now is just listening. Like, that's what I do. I do best. I listen to what I need and what my spirit needs, and that guides me. And the way that shows up in the world is going to be different for one part of my life. That was a recruiter. Another part of my life, it was going to law school. Another part of my life. Okay. I'm I'm a podcast host and then I'm an author and then I'm this and I'm that choose any label you want because the labels will keep changing as my soul continues to expand and I continue to take steps forward. But my only job is to listen and to stay in my lane. Um, And yeah, it's just, you know, I'm I'm in my own um, coaching group with my mentor and a bunch of other coaches and this whole thing about marketing is interesting because some of the people in the group are talking about how the language on their website, you know, the more they sat with um, who they were becoming, they realized that the language on their website didn't actually reflect who they were from an SEO and from a marketing perspective. That's what was supposed to be good. And that's what the marketing person advised, but that wasn't a true reflection of them, but they were like, Oh, I guess they know what they're talking about. So I'm going to go with that. But then what Philip said, our, our coach was like, no, but forget all that. Like that's, I, I didn't ask my marketing person what to put on the website. The only thing I asked him was to help consolidate the vision. Mm-hmm. And then the words I used were my own words. They just came straight from, from my soul. Like just, it needs to be an authentic reflection of you. Not, you can't start by thinking what's going to, allow me to reach number one on on google rankings and you can and for some it depends on your intention right it's all about intention what's your intention i want my work to be the truest reflection of who i am and if that reaches number one that's great and if it doesn't that's great too because at the end of the day i need to be happy with the work that i put out um so yeah i totally get that it's been one of the biggest struggles i mean i think i've had is I can't be easily packaged. Um, and that's okay. You don't need to be packaged. You come right. without wrapping. Yeah. I'm like, ah, here I am. <laughs> like, everyone's like, I'll listen to you for a little while because you have interesting things to say. But what do we do with you? I'm like, I don't know. 
um but yeah yeah and that's what makes us unique that's what makes us special and i think it would be nice to to work in a way that honors that so that we can allow the rest of the world to begin to step into that as well and honor that for themselves whatever it looks like because i i I do feel like so this whole question of like what's your purpose and what you're meant to be doing and all this kind of stuff i think sometimes we overcomplicate it and in in my journey taking the time to reflect what i've realized is i've been all over the place but as i consolidated my thinking and kind of what felt right what came to me was human beings purpose is simple it's to create that's it we're creative beings what you create is going to be different from one person to the next and your job is to listen to what brings you joy and what you feel most drawn to if you do that you're going to create what you were born to create but essentially you're here to create whether that's conversations that's relationships that's in work that's it outside of work like any area of your life the way your body looks the food that you cook you're, you're creating every day anyway so your whole life is is a piece of art in the end how you do that and the way in which you do that is going to be different from one person to the next um, mm-hmm. and I think it's just bringing intentionality to that and keeping it I simple agree. I think one of the words that I keep landing on because it it's because I was like well I mean I have this gift of writing and speaking like I've that was a god-given talent right I'm a good communicator and so I'm supposed to communicate and I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? And what is this? And then you try to put it in boxes and think it's this, it's this company, it's this role, it's this thing. But the one word that keeps coming back to me over and over and over is that I am a steward. I am here to steward and I've done it in relationships where I've connected people and amazing things have happened from that. Um, and I see that a lot with like from my old clients in the financial services industry who have resources and are trying to do good with them. And I'm stewarding those in ways where I'm connecting them with people where they can do incredible things um, for the world. Um, I see that in, in this stewarding, you know, we have people in the recovery community that are in the app who have said it's changed their life, um, who are our beta testers. And so I'm like, I feel like I'm giving them the language that they didn't have before um, and stewarding kind of their relationship with self. Um, so like, I, I've been sitting with that word a lot. Like that word keeps coming back to me is how do I, how do I remain a healthy and, and effective steward? I love that. Is that like shepherding? Yeah. Other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's being, um, kind of like the intermediary in a way, you know, like I am asked a lot the bridge, the bridge. And that, that word came up a lot too, when we were showing the app to some politicians who are looking at it for mental health for like the county or the city or whatever and they're like this is the bridge and I was just like yes like Mm, it's it's meant to be a bridge um in so many different ways so I I I continue to be like as opportunities come come up or or things come up I'm like is this is this aligning with how I feel and am I stewarding am I being the bridge am I and and you can kind of like you start to be able to just like you start to be able to observe, you start to see when someone comes to you with an idea or an opportunity. And if it's not fully aligned, you can tell, you know what I mean? Like after a while, you're like, that doesn't make sense for me, but thank you. Um, so it's also kind of having those, that awareness and that kind of like self-advocacy because a lot of people will see your light and want to attach to it for their own purposes, or because maybe they think you have the answers or you could mentor them. And there's space and place for that. 
um, within reason. So it's also kind of figuring out like where I should help and when I should kind of protect my own energy and my own boundaries and my own project. Yeah, it's just prioritizing what feels right to you and it like going back to what do you value and where mm -hmm. is your time and energy best spent in any given moment and then opportunities as well like you kind of said at the beginning sometimes they can they'll come back around when the time is right maybe they present right. themselves now and it's not the right time and that's okay you've got to say no um and then if it's meant to be then it will come back uh, either in the same form or a different form so absolutely yeah um so to wrap this up it'll be good for you to just share a little bit about where people can find you and connect more with you um whether it's to the app or anything else yeah no um so Download and love on the app. Um, we are working on the interface, but there's incredible content on the library. So it's a great place to, to go looking. Um, I'm on Instagram um, and TikTok as Ms. Jeanette Schneider, Ms. Jeanette Schneider. And then the app, we're building our social media present on Instagram. And that's uh, dearlive.app, A-P-P. Um, so, and I'm always, we're always on there. So if you have a question or, um, trying to figure out how to make work. The only thing I ask is that if you have questions or ideas for the app, you send them to me. Um, we had, I'll tell you a really quick story that we had, I was trying to do things and be helpful. And I went online to the website and I was fixing some things and I didn't realize I broke some links. And so the app crashed and someone gave us a one-star review. I was like, that was my fault. Like <laughs> the app work, I screwed it up, you know? And like, we'll have people like this functionality. I'm like, we're working on it. Um, so as a female founded startup, um, who is all in, uh, if anybody has feedback, I'd love to hear it through DMS. Um, but the library is a beautiful place to start. I just love your, your energy and your, your authenticity and your just openness to, to do what you're doing, to serve in your own way and to not Thank be afraid you. to do that. So yeah, I'm really proud of you and I'm, I'm grateful that we're friends and that we're having this conversation a few years down the road and it'll be amazing to connect again and continue to see your evolution thank you i appreciate that and i always love talking to you so i'm um it's been interesting to kind of like grow through together even as far apart as you know we are location wise and you know sometimes with time um but always reconnecting like what have you done <laughs> where are you on your journey like how's it going and who and you? who are you now who are you now <laughs> you know i love it well thank you